Hello and welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk Footnotes. I'm here with my buddy Chris O'Toole, and once again, we are bringing you a conversation about an episode of Turned Out of Punk. And when I say I'm here with my buddy Chris O'Toole, I mean I'm actually here with my buddy Chris O'Toole. It's true. Chris, how you doing, bud? Good, man. It's been a, been a lot lately, actually. It's been a lot. We've been meeting up in person. Yeah. But this time we are in a hotel room at... <laughs> <laughs> the Great Wolf Lodge. You shout them out, okay? Yeah, we got to shout them out. Thank you to Jordan from the Great Wolf Lodge yeah. for giving us this room, hey. so we could record a podcast in person um, and get a special guest on the line. Otherwise, because we've recorded here before, yeah, uh, we never imposed on them. We we gorilla style recorded here before. Yeah, we recorded in the parking lot. Yeah, but it's a little colder. Yeah, and we've got to get a uh, correspondent on the line. So we had to get, you know, inside the Great Wolf Lodge and take advantage of their uh, satellite system that they have, the satellite array they have above here to facilitate all the podcasts that happen here. True. You know? Like I think this might be the first, though. Well, I don't know. Mark <laughs> Maron's in the other room doing a WTF. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, on the other side, they're uh, recording uh, The Art of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of podcasts. It is a, it is a modern world. Maybe you, you know, might. But. Come for the water park, stay for the podcasts. <laughs> but, uh, no, thank you to Jordan for setting this all up because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun to get to record inside as totally. opposed to in a car. Yeah. Where it was very cramped. Well, that was the punk one, and now that we've made it, this is what we've... <laughs> we sold out. <laughs> this is how we're doing it. I'm sipping sip uh, fountain pop. No checks, but four walls in a building. You uh, know what? Yeah. That's, that's, we're moving on up. Yeah, slowly. Steps, steps incremental yeah. changes at this podcast. Um, but no, Chris, thank you so much for uh, yeah, coming no down tonight. Yeah. Once again, in your hometown, kind of. Sort of. Not yes and no. Close. It's... it's uh, yeah, this doesn't matter, but I don't live here, but I might as well live here, if you, if you will. Niagara is like one city, but point of interest, no, I don't live in Niagara Falls. No, but it's, it's, it, is a, it is your loca- locale. Yes, exactly. So uh, thank you for having me again yeah, no worries. Um, in, in, in your favorite <laughs> part. Yeah, of I gave you a pass to come in. <laughs> your favorite part of the- You didn't have to hide your chain. I didn't have yeah. to hide anything. I, I, I showed up and I'm like... I'm friends with loons. Yeah, there you go. I'm friends with loons, and they gave me the pass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, we got a lot to get to tonight, and we also have, you know, of course, uh, Dave, David Up, uh, calling in via satellite uh, system, satellite array that we have set up. Uh, but first, we're going to get to uh, some, you know, uh, I guess, we, well, actually, we should set up what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Yeah, do the plugs. Start up. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, this is Turned Out of Punk Footnotes, as I mentioned off the top. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to this show, please do so if you use iTunes. And then uh, write a comment and write a review and rate it if you enjoy it. Um, if not, keep your thoughts to yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, if you want to uh, check this out on Facebook, you can go over to facebook.com slash Punk. It's run by my brother, Tristan Abraham. And, uh, yep, he will help you with that. Uh, you can also find an email address to get in touch with me over at DamienAbraham.com. You can find me on various forms of social media, at Damien. If you would like to find some of the stuff that we get sent in on the show and you don't use Facebook, you can check us out on Tumblr, turnitapunk.tumblr.com. And uh, if you would like to uh, check out uh, a very violent documentary, go to uh, vice.com or youtube.com and check out Bloodlust Tournament of Death. For a documentary I made about deathmatch wrestling. I'm trying to push it over 2 million. Hey, what's it at now? Do you know? 
Real close. Real Crazy. close, buddy. People love wrestling. People love blood. You've done a good job. People love weed and they love wrestling. You know what I do? <laughs> I ruin everything I love for making it work. <laughs> it's a, it's the, the punk thing that's not the, the two million followers. We're not the, the, the offspring smash of punk you haven't got to yet. No, 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 no. But, um, you know, I'd love to have a member of the offspring on this show. and Maybe that would push mm, us over two million there you go. listeners. Good point. You know? Yeah, it'd be good. I think you'll get one eventually. <laughs> no, we've had, we've had some episodes like the Anthony Bourdain episode, something like that's not maybe not a million, but it's it's way up there. Yeah. Um, and then Lars Part One does really is right up there, and you know, there's some episodes that are a lot of people have listened to. Cool. Some that you're like shocked, not as many people listen to. And some that I'm like, sometimes I'm like, wow, that many people listen to that episode. Well, I think it's either eventually, I think people, well, this is a major aside, but people, I think, just eventually get into running the sequence probably too. Yeah, right? well, this is this is always like uh, my most hated episode when I listen to podcasts, which is a live episode. <laughs> I disagree with you. Do, do you try this? Well, I, you know what? I thought it was just me, but then I was listening to Cole Cabana's podcast and he's like, I know you guys hate when I do these live episodes. I don't know, man. Like, though, I don't listen to many podcast though but the live ones i've ever heard i've always liked but i don't know what it is i think it's because i like the crowd i think it's because when you listen to so many podcasts there's not a lot of cr- like obviously there's no crowd yeah so i kind of <clears throat> like the crowd interaction and i think this week's was was good for that and in person of course i listening back to this i think i, lo- I loved it you know <laughs> i really really liked it and i did not expect to because i think it's almost the antithesis of a podcast is a live podcast because like a podcast is an intimate conversation between yeah. two people, right? Like this right now would be an amazing setup to do a turned out of punk because it's just yeah, you yeah. and me in this hotel room. Yeah. Whereas like when you're you know in front of a bunch of people, you tend to tailor your answers. That you is tend true. To, yeah, you know. you're right in the sense that in the moment it was, and I think why you enjoyed it, um, listening back on it was because you weren't preoccupied with doing it. Yeah. Likewise, I enjoyed it as well listening back, but I wasn't as preoccupied as you were in, the, in sort of hosting it. But um, yeah, I get, you, you do make a fair point there. I never thought about it that way. I think I just like I've always, I like listening to comedy a lot and stuff like that. So for me, that's the live element I like. I don't know. Yeah, I can hear that. But you're right; it is a different animal. It really is. So, yeah, fair point. And I think actually, and, and people will see this as this podcast goes on. We lucked out, and most of the people we have came to perform yeah most of the people like you know that came on this podcast were there to like there's a couple exceptions obviously but like you know like it's it's funny like how many people like chewed the scenery and you know <laughs> i'm thinking about someone like cc oh who yeah. i don't think would ever describe himself as like you know like a, a public persona like a, a you know i couldn't imagine him being a public speaker he for me the i well i've i've never spoken to him really hardly at all but um it was amusing listening to that. He might be your most uh, cantankerous guest thus far, I think. He's right up there. Which is, a, I say that is actually a compliment. Because you haven't had, you've had difficult people, but they've been really sweet on your podcast. Not that Chris, Chris is fine, actually. But it was just like, he certainly was, <laughs> he had some hot takes that were pretty. Oh, uh, he had some hot takes. <laughs> were pretty great. But I don't, I, not many other guests have really done that, I don't think. So to his credit, uh, yeah, he, he he banged it home. Yeah, no, he was he's definitely, uh, you know, and, and this is you know we're getting off track because we're going to get into the Boston episode a lot once we get Dave yeah. on the line and we yeah. got a mailbag to get to and some uh, sad news and all this sort of stuff. But 
before we get there. I was thinking about this today. With the exception of DFJ, uh, Justin, um, I think I got my most wanted Boston people <laughs> with this one. Like, you know, these might not be the biggest names. <laughs> Some of not the biggest names no, that I could I get. Th- but my most desired people, like the people that I wanted to speak to the most. I think it's, when I think about stuff like that, I think it's funny when you separate a city and, and think of the personalities. And so I know what you're saying, why. Certainly for me, I'd, I'd never really heard a Greg interview, so that was really cool. Uh, there's definitely a, a few others and not just like, you know, whatever, legends, of course, that could be interviewed. But like I'm thinking of like, you know, another member of Rival Mob for sure. Oh, Yeah. That I think would be really amusing. Might be terrifying. <laughs> uh, there's a few. Boston's got some personalities, so I don't know if it would hit all mine. But yeah, you're you definitely got, you know, the tastemakers for yeah. the last 20 years, in my opinion. Yeah. In that city, there's no question. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos. But yeah, they were great. Um, I think we, we we will get into this more in a second. But before we do, we got to get into um, the mailbag, and unfortunately. Back again, uh, some sad news, the obituaries. Uh, why don't you take the first one, Chris, and I'll take the yeah, second yeah, one? Yeah, sure. It's, it's kind of bizarre reading this because, um, as Dave mentioned off air earlier, um, we heard news, I think it was within the last few days, uh, Mike Gaborno uh, of Cadillac Tramps, the singer as well as founding member of Manic Hispanic, recently passed away. Uh, and the thing I like about this show is that it shows the, the aspect of the community to, to this as well, because we did get separate messages that weren't even mm-hmm. out to kind of inform us, per se, but just more or less share like the, uh, the fact that they were bummed out about it. Um, we had a couple of people from California reach out um, to give us a heads up. But, um, yeah, he, he died tragically young, uh, 51 years of age, lost about with liver cancer, uh, which, of course, is pretty awful. Um, but he'd been battling some things, I guess, in the last few years health-wise and has had uh, some benefits and what have you uh, in his honor. But uh, it seems like he was a really, really well-liked individual, which yeah. uh, is always kind of a testament, again, to the communal aspects of these um, regional areas or whatever the scene in general. Um, so there was a lot of like kind of sweet little things I've seen. And, of course, both those bands are excellent. Yeah. And uh, Dame has mentioned them fondly. Uh, numerous times in the show, but I, I concur. I really like... I, it's ironic because you and I had never really... I don't even think before this show, I don't think we've really ever talked about those bands. When I think about no, it. No, I don't think so. It's, it's, it's like these... Um, you know, it's, it's funny because those are two bands that, you know, I don't think I ever associated them even together. Yeah, I, I did because I got... I When the first Manic Hispanic record came out, I... You looked at the intentionally members. no, I inten- like it was like it was known like it was uh, whatever advertised. Let's say in I think it was MRR one of them. Yeah, as like members, like it was like right, a thing. So I sought it out on that basis. Um, but yeah, I did like um, so I did like Cadillac Tramps just previous. But uh, but yeah, you're right. I don't tend to think of them in my in my mind. Who in Pearl Jam? Because I'm reading sorry, I'm reading this LA Times. Ob- Obituary thing yeah. that comes up, and they they mentioned Pearl Jam twice as being uh, big fans of. This is Pearl Jam, TSOL, <coughs> Foo Fighters, and Rancid. Yeah, um, which makes know, sense, yeah. like including like it talks about the members that contributed to uh, his Kickstarter campaign leading up to his death. Yeah, and, and a documentary that was made about him and the, the members of the bands that were in it. And I can see like you know probably from the Foo Fighters they would have gotten 
you know, like um, there, there's Southern California members there, obviously, but like who from Pearl Jam? Eddie Vedder, maybe? Because he's from San Diego originally, right? Yeah, maybe. But you never know. Like, you never... Chris Shiflett from Foo Fighters, obviously, but... Like... You know who, you know uh, the, the world of music and people, you know, cross paths. Yeah, in that's true. Way. You never know. And again, if like, you know, it seems like he had been around for a good while, so mm-hmm. I'm sure he knew mm-hmm. the old guard to the new guard, if you will. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, very sad we, we had to mention that, and... Um, I guess, do you want to bring up the, the next uh, unfortunate news? Absolutely. There's, uh, you know, once again, in very sad news, there's Dave Franklin from the band Vision has passed away. Um, Vision, of course, are a New Jersey hardcore band from the late mid-late 80s that are you know, legendary. You know, people talk about them with much reverence in that part of the country. Uh, I got to see them one time in Buffalo, on, I think it was their very first reunion swing before the Epitaph album came out. And they were incredible. Uh, I, I, you know, put out one incredibly rare first seven inch that's impossible to find, but I have all their other seven inches and LP. That first single is impossible to find. I don't have, you know, I don't actually have any of those. Uh, so I am gen- envious of that. I don't even have that first LP or whatever. Uh, on Nemesis? Nemesis? Yeah, yeah, I don't have that either. I do, I had a chance to see them in the era, like you're talking about, of the Epitaph. I'm trying to think what that record was called. Flames. Um, what is it called? It's something like. Yeah, it's. I'm like, going to go to the resource right now because I got to look up this first seven inch too. Because I remember that being impossible to get. But they are certainly a band that is 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 you know. The record is called "Watching the World Burn" on Epitaph from the year 2000, uh, which is crazy. I didn't realize that was that late. I would have assumed it was in the 90s for sure. I didn't realize that's on the on the cusp, but still. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the only thing that looms larger, it seems, than Vision's legacy is uh, Dave Franklin's legacy because he is being talked about with such high regard by everyone and anyone from the worlds of punk. You know, Chris and I were talking about it before we went on air, but it's like people from Boy Sets Fire to... Agnostic Front to, to Sick of It All. Scarhead to yeah, people Scarhead, from. like Rev, shouted him out, of course. Um, so there was people, when that came down, and we even had uh, um, well, certainly a, like a sort of mutual friend acquaintance. Um, that's where I first heard it from. Bob Shedd posted about it. Oh, really? And I was didn't really kind of say outright, so I had to research in at the time. But yeah. So very sad news, um, well-liked gentlemen as well. There's no news that I could scour as to what happened or what the cause is, but either way, sad day. Um, very sad day. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't heard Vision before, check them out. I think, is there, is there a Kickstarter going on for his family or, or for... I didn't see anything on here, but I'm not sure. Um, but if there is, you know... Um, we'll put it on the Facebook page or whatever yeah. if there's anything of that nature. These links as well. Um, to these um, whatever memorials, mm-hmm. um, certainly a you know a legendary band, and, and you know um, it's one who will be very much missed by a lot of people. Um, so now the awkward transition. Yes. I guess we have something that's kind of also sad, but somewhat less sad, yeah. given that there's a history of this not being the final. Um, Poison Idea has broken up again. Yes. Um, almost the who of punk rock in the sense that they have broken up a few times at this point. Uh, Jerry A has had this lineup together for, I don't actually even know how consistent, it's been a pretty consistent lineup actually for the last sort of 10 years, right? 
Well, I've never, I never got to see them. We got to play with them. The only time I had ever uh, had an opportunity, I was on tour with, uh, with another band, and they played a matinee. Like early, they didn't even play a matinee show. They played earlier. Poison Eddie was playing that night. This would have been in 2003, I think. Wait, it looks on fire? Yeah, in Portland. What? And uh, we, well, we played or whatever. The show we... Anyway, we, we played early intentionally because Wade and I wanted to try and get into the show. Um, and I this was the Scandinavian Leather Tour for uh, Turbo. But anyway, in my mind, this was a very holy grail moment because I thought, well, I'm in Portland yeah. to see Poison in Portland. Of course, I love Turbo too. So it was just kind of, a, and we went like with the intention of trying to get in. And of course, the show was sold out and we did not get in. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> so, yeah. Pig Champion, Champion was still alive in 2000. He was. That was, the, that was the last, um, I guess, like whatever, the, the marquee lineup, if you will. Because wow. it was shortly thereafter, they released that latest Will and Testament record, which I think he's on. And then they, he passed away, I think, within a year or two after that. But they... I think he left the band though before or something. They didn't tour. Well, he didn't tour. He couldn't yeah. tour. For, like I remember, they did a Japanese tour with Adam. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, Great Poison thing. Idea has called it a day. Um, I got to play with them a couple of years ago, as Chris kind of just mentioned. Uh, an incredible experience. Uh, you know, obviously not the lineup that played on. You know. Um, Feel you the know, darkness. Feel the darkness, or I was going to say Kings of Punk, Kings of Punk or Pick Your King, or. Yeah. Uh, but but you know they were still godly, yeah. like godly, and to get to the stage with them was an amazing experience. So um, yeah, like hopefully you got to see them, and if not, um, and you didn't take the opportunity, you know, like Chris, you know, didn't sneak in that show or you know, <laughs> we tried bum rush the bouncers, <laughs> you know, we very got, much tried. Got the the hooligan that you were rolling with. Uh, I wasn't as cool as I am now. I couldn't talk my way into that show. Now I now I can might be able to to drop your name and get it. <laughs> Back then it was just like who are these weird Canadians rolling up in Portland? Like you know, they just seemed so like the the door people seemed so weirded out that like we were so adamant to watch because I think even. They were, it was like, the intention was we, at least, I don't know, somehow it was explicitly stated that we were trying to catch Poison Idea, and they just, they could not comprehend that in their minds, like it was, it was such like a, anyway, very uh, funny or strange scenario. So I never saw them, that was my only chance, and I tried, I got, I got stopped, stopped uh, from seeing them. Well, Chris, you know what I'm realizing? We gotta call Dave. <laughs> I know. I just told him twenty minutes, so we're good. Okay, we said it's cool. So what, what we'll do I, is we'll I would think we should call him and spend more time with him and save the mailbag next week. Okay. Well, you're gonna, we're having a monster mailbag, so just I, I know just... we're gonna have a monster mailbag. It's only gonna get more monstrous. But uh, but I kind of think we should take more time with Dave. Okay. Because we only have this room for an hour. Yeah. Now. True. You're right. Actually. You so. Know? Yeah, and we owed an hour. So actually, I'm gonna hit him up back now. This is how this is how great this show goes. <laughs> so we will next speak to you with our New Jersey correspondent. All right, now on the line from New Jersey, <laughs> our American correspondent David Up. Dave, how's it going, buddy? 
Good. How are you guys? Good. Great. As we uh, as we've now explained to Dave that we are indeed in a water park, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not actually in the water park. No, unfortunately, unfortunately, would not let us record this on a slide. Electrocution I, I, risks. I assume that water parks are not the most happening place in January in Canada. It's, it's indoor. Don't it's worry, indoor, it's indoor. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like the worst. I'd be the worst dad if I brought my kids to an outdoor water park in January. <laughs> an indoor water park sounds awesome. It's it awesome. It is pretty fun. I've like spent the day in a water park, and let me tell you, my kids fell asleep so easy tonight. They were like so <laughs> tired. <laughs> Uh, we attempted to go to one on a tour one time, and we were like, yeah, this will be great. And then I was like, okay, that's $50 each. And we're like, yeah. And then we're not <laughs> uh, Fucked Up broke up, broke into one one time on a, on a trip to Europe, but that was the tour I was not on because if someone had suggested <laughs> breaking into a water park, I would be like, just leave me at the house we're staying at, please. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've pool hopped on tour, but no, no breaking and entering. Yeah, like I have no interest in like – Going to a water park if someone else is paying for it, let alone having to hop a fence and like. That seems like a very Mike Josh idea. Yeah, it was probably very much a Mike and Josh idea. <laughs> but um, but uh, Dave, thanks for joining, bud. Oh, anytime. So this is a good episode to have you on because you know, as we said, most of the parties involved. I do, and I, I was a very I was looking forward to this one by a lot, and. Uh, Really made sure I crammed it in in order so that I could do the footnotes. Well, that's awesome, buddy. Well, thank you for doing that. And also, this is your first time hearing uh, Chris uh, <laughs> assume the role that you had to substitute for in in Austin. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's 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 big shoes to fill for you, I'm sure. <laughs> it was. It was um, like I was the Garfield to your <laughs> Keith Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have, I did get that book for Christmas, but I've yet to read it. But I did power through the Harley Flanagan book in maybe three sittings. Nice. Is that how, so you're you saying the Harley Flanagan right now is your like contender for the best rock biography of the oh, last years? I, I really am. I am just shocked that I'm not passing like, honestly, like felonious assaults everywhere I go. And the, the, the smell of angel dust smoke isn't everywhere. But, uh, I highly recommend the book for anyone that has not read it. It'll the it features the word motherfucker more than any book you've ever read. I guess. <laughs> In my brother's review, he says sometimes he tells a story twice. Is that true? Or <laughs> three times at some point? Uh, well, there's one of the things you'll pick up on is there's a lot of fights, as I said, a lot of angel dust, yeah. and a lot of that on its own could be its own book is said a lot. Like there's at least five times that he said that it's like this thing could be its own book. And, and I, I sort of challenge that, but you know, I'm not going to challenge Harley on anything else. Yeah, no, no. I, I think challenging Harley on anything is not advised. You know? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious that I really enjoyed the book. Cool. Well, I got to read it. I'm going to, that's yeah. my next one. I got to read like, uh, ask me this, answer me this though. Are there many chapters about ex-girlfriends? Um, their girls are mentioned a lot here and there. Um, but I, not to the extent that you described the Keith Morris book. Okay. Well then there you go. Okay. Well then. <laughs> yeah. so, so Dave, it's, st it's still the front runner for Dave. It's the yeah, Morris book. The Keith Morris book yeah. is still, to me, the most interesting biography of punk, punkdom. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, dive into this week's episode, I guess, gentlemen. Yeah. 
first of all, uh, I, we this was the first one we did, Chris. Yeah, we, that's right. Chris had to pick me up from the airport. I had to fly in. Chris drove the car because um, I uh, – You can't drive. Well, I can't drive and also I'm a rock star and I have to fly from yeah. gig to gig. <laughs> yeah. And, and Chris needed to lug the gear. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would love it if for the, all the whole tour – you flew and he just drove. <laughs> well, at one point I had to fly. Well, actually, at one point, the uh, I had to fly home. I had to fly, sorry, right from home to Vancouver. And there was talk of me flying right from New York to Vancouver, which means Chris would have had to drive all the way home. I suggested it, actually. Yeah, Chris was like, I want to do that. I'm like, you are a sadist. Well, I suggested it to alleviate your crazy, stupid, hectic schedule, to be fair. <laughs> But I really appreciate you volunteering to do something selflessly ridiculous because yeah, that would have. Oh. But you had a truly Canadian drive. You saw like a, a moose or something like that while yep. you were driving. No, yeah, we didn't, like, did we? We saw a wolf. We saw a wolf. Oh, was it a wolf? Okay. And we, and we also – we were like in like – this is in America. We were in like the, the snowiest snowstorm yeah. to ever hit. It was just like all like like huge, beautiful hunks of snow falling from the sky, but in a terrible way. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah, we had a little bit of everything. We actually had a little kind of fall. It was a it was a nice little uh, excursion. It's too bad the other the two Daves weren't in the back seat. I know, I know. Next time we got to have like a, a you know we'll bring a minivan. There you go. Yeah, that'd be a real. That'd be adding your rock star flying everywhere. If your podcast featured three co-hosts just following <laughs> along with it, that would be a real, real entourage. That you One know you made like it. The Jerome character that just holds the mirror, like in the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you know, like you, Howard Stern, when he travels around, he probably brings that whole whack pack with him in the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that we're like the whack pack uh, to the fans of, of Turnout Punk. Yeah. You are. You guys are the whack pack of Turnout Punk. <laughs> I'm calling dibs on Artie Lang though right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the Howard Stern. Is, is that a good one to call? I just like I just like Artie Lang a lot, so that's the one I can tolerate. Yeah. Have you ever heard that Howard Stern first LP that he did? No. There's like a punkish song on it, like a new wave punk song on it. I, I think the words new, new wave predates the punk thing or, uh, or <laughs> precedes the punk yeah, thing. precedes the punk thing, sorry. I don't think I knew there was a Howard Stern album, let there's, alone the first like, one. There's like three or four. Like not getting the be, soundtrack to part private part. Parts. No. I, like, I, I'm, I sound like I'm a Howard Stern expert or something. Like I've never listened to an episode of Howard Stern in my life. Uh, well, to not get totally off the rails, I've heard a lot because it was like what we listened to for years at yep. TBT. Oh, I know. I bet. Like I think also as like a, I think like a the kid in your part of the country at that time, like that was like kind of what you listened to in Canada. Oh. We didn't really get Howard Stern until much later. Yeah, we got. I would still say though, like I listened to it actively because I was like not like whatever. The, I don't know how long the show was, but I would listen to it to and from work or whatever to work, I guess. Uh, up until six, right? Up until like about two thousand, I would say. Yeah, but we got it like ninety six. We didn't get it like no. We didn't have the, the cutting edge. Era, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I remember the the, the Channel Nine show. I remember watching, like, hearing on the radio a lot. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, and we listened to it like up until the, it went to XM. We listened to it for quite a while. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, I guess there's the uh, 50 ways to rank your mother. 
This is how how weird Stern is. This different? That's that's the one. That's the one. It's like a weird Al Yankovic type thing. Uh, well, you could buy the five for sale from four ninety five on the resource. So uh, <laughs> at one point they were like going for like hundreds of dollars. There, there's one person selling it for fifty. Wow. And there's another person selling it for five. So one is listed at mint mint. One is near mint. So if you if near mint is is worth uh paying uh you know thirty five dollars less, I think it might be. <laughs> it's got to be archive grade. It's like know? comic there, book comic there's rating. The one that's the second most expensive is VG plus. <laughs> Come on, thirty dollars amateur hour over here. <laughs> Wait, where do you see one for five dollars? It's like thirty dollars. Uh, Oh, you know what? Now that I look, think of it, that might be a, that's the CD of it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay, the vinyl on. versions are 30, 42, yeah. and 50. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's like a sought after little record for Howard Stern fans out there. Rookie move of just basing off that that little five for sale on the right thing. Yeah, I know. It, I know. My bad. Yo, okay, you're, you're so. the type of record store clerk I pray for, though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh, it's a repress price. Well, <laughs> oh, this thing's old. It can't be worth that much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's right, got a shitty photocopy cover. So, Yo, speaking well, of which, we didn't talk about this much, but I went to Detroit the other week and went to People's Records and got three of my Detroit wants off my list in one fail swoop. I feel like that's a real rarity where you go to like that region and like really clean up on their rarities. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Actually. I, I think, you know, you're more likely to find like a rare New York record in New York or a rare LA record in LA than you are a rare Detroit record in Detroit. Yeah. I've never I really mean, I guess been shopping in Detroit for records. So I don't know. But I, what, what were your Detroit want? I got the cold cock seven inch. Mm-hmm. I got the um, uh, the victimized seven inch, and uh, the uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm a disgrace. Tommy can't remember what it's called. It's on my list though. <laughs> Chris, do, you, do you think these are all bad? As as you've it's come up come to light as you feel of Damien's purchases. Chris, no, no, Cole Cox, Cole on Kill by Death One, dude. Now, do you remember it, in to go to the episode? Oh yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Chris thinks all my press. Yeah, <laughs> he batches your purchases. <laughs> I did not. I did dude, not. Dude, it, was, I, it was articulated I, poorly. I, I, <laughs> Chris has some skeletons in his musical closet. Oh no, I'm me. not saying it in that regard. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. saying <laughs> it in it, what what it was meant to uh, try to communicate poorly was that Damien takes a lot of risks and he, he he goes like he goes for the for the ones where he's trying to find the Holy Grail one, and a lot of them are misses. Too oh, many. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like every, if you're if you're if you're swinging for the fences at this stuff. We've we've all bought what we hope to be a kill by death type record, and we're yeah. like, no, this one's not popular because it's it's not. It shouldn't be. Yeah, and also, or, or you or you or you buy like a second single by one of those bands. You're like, oh, let me. I had like this second Jimmy Lumia, the Psychotic Frog, seven inch. <laughs> it was not as good. <laughs> Wait, Psychotic Frogs is the isn't that the dude from um, uh, John Spencer's band before John Spencer? 
I don't know. <laughs> they might be. Uh, is, like, frogs are sick. John Spencer guy, Judah. The, no, the drummer. Judah. Judah was the drummer. I don't know. No, wasn't. Uh, what's his name? Russell Simmons is the drummer. I thought it was Judah Bauer was the drummer. No, Judah Bauer was a guitar player because he's okay. in the Cat Power too. Maybe I'm. Yeah, you, you got me here. I don't know. We'll, we'll check the resource. Anyway, um, yeah, I was not trying to slam Damien live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It was, it was definitely funny. And also, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm like Johan Kugelberg or Stuart Schrader about this shit or anything, but I've been on to some shit that, you know, like people like the Bunny and the Lakers LP. Found a couple copies of that in my time. People were like, oh, you know, like, that sucks. I don't care about that record. Yeah, guess what? I traded one for a Psycho Sintest press. Boom. For the first 7-inch, <laughs> Dave. The first 7-inch, man. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, I'm all I was trying to announce was that I am not the level of collector that you are. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had the, the, the Jimmy Lumia Death to Disco 7-inch from 78, and it was not nearly as good as the one with Eleanor Rigby. Which came out in seventy nine, <laughs> but you know you take a you take a risk. You strike, you, you strike know. out sometimes, yeah. you know. And correction, Jonah, Jonah, Damien is right about Judah Bauer and Dave Martin. I'm sure is screaming and is uh, yeah. Dave Martin's getting angry. His headphones right now. Dave Martin's getting frustrated. Dave Martin is on a flight right now. Yeah, can't be here, but he'll be back next week. For <laughs> yes, I feel his ridicule in spirit. <laughs> Well, um, so let's dive back into this Boston episode. Okay. Yeah, do you want to do it by person, or how do you want to do this? Um, I guess we'll do it by person. I guess do we do we talk about going to the record store already? We, talk we did that? in the episode. Have you ever been to that? Have you been in, in your ear, Dave? I don't think so. I mean, it's been around forever. I, would go, I probably have that. I'm trying to think where yeah. I would go in Boston. Um. Generation. I remember. No, was it? Was yeah. it generation? Generation is New York. No, what was it? Wasn't there? What was the Re- other regeneration? Regeneration. That was it. Yeah, that's what I Yeah, and it was like a tattoo shop at one point. Like it was all sorts of stuff. That that place. Yeah, I got to play with that cold there one time. Um, I played there. I went there with Direct Control, and then I p- sang a Coc cover with them. And uh, what's your call? There was a Canadian band on the bill. Um, why am I blanking on their name? They had a seven inch underranged, the Bayonets. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bayonets played that show. Infamous Chicago after party with that band. Yes, that's an off the air story though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of the things that I think that was like the immediate, like first thing I wrote down was like what like kid starts off with Devo and Gang of Four in the nineties. I tell you, like <laughs> dude And how is that kid the founder of, of how it up? Me- mental. Yeah, like that's so weird. No, dude, it's he amazing. ruined it. Skase is the one that was into it. Skase yeah. is the dude, man. Skase was like into Devo and Gang of Four. Greg Mental comes along, he's like, yeah, <laughs> check out this music that's gonna take you nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it's, love that though. It, I thought that was amazing. I, I mean, I think that's so weird. Like that was to me the most like, the, as far as origin stories go, like that's no one's building block. Like yeah. Devo, maybe like if you're what are they from Ohio and like local maybe, but like some kid in Cape Cod, that's weird. In the nineties too. Yeah. I guess, yeah, like, I guess it just means, like, someone having a really cool older brother. My friend Simon Ennis, the kid that kind of got me in a punk at, in the very, very beginning, 
he was in a band and they were covering the Stooges and they were like 12. <laughs> yeah. Like doing cramps in the Stooges cover. Like there's always like, you know, and then like, meanwhile, like I get into, you know, Pennywise and I, you know, all this <laughs> stuff. Like, like I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. I definitely, like, Matt Molnar that was in Dead Nation, like, he had bad music for bad people when we were in, like, I'm a grade older than him, and I think, you know, I might have been, like, eighth grade, Mm -hmm. he had that Cramps tape, which is, I don't know, like, what inspired that, and, like, truth be told, as a 14-year-old, like, Cramps was not speaking to me, like, it was not where I was going with it, but... I, love, I mean, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I love them. Uh, they were like one of those bands that I, I got into real early. You know, it was, and then, you know, got in trouble for liking them at a party one time, <laughs> and then was so vindicated when they were on nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, <laughs> a the, year the later. Cramps, the the most the biggest thing the Cramps will always be to me is that guy who's really mad about him in another state of mind. <laughs> how they played the expensive cramps show and you know playing a show that was 18 and over or whatever it was like that's angry that's what the cramps are to me that guy's the bane of his existence dude the cramps are being no uh dc hardcore that's that's the show right that's the show where they all like met yeah that, that Chris Corey tried to like pigeonhole his like school radio station into. <laughs> exactly. Chris Corey. <laughs> Chris Corey. Making sure that he's there for the lineage of DC hardcore. The dude hasn't lived in DC for like 12 years. No, if, yeah. He's, I, I wonder, I mean, I guess at this point he hasn't lived half of his life in, in Boston, but he's been out of DC for a very long time. For a very, very long time. Like, I don't know. Maybe he still considers himself a DC kid, but I don't know. If, DC because I'm a DC. He's like a Boston dude. No, he's he's a Boston dude. He might as well say Yad and Cat and stuff like that. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So what, what are we gonna do with point by person or how? how let's well, let's, let's talk about more about Greg. Okay. So what do you want to get into about Greg? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think that I think he definitely ruined definitely <laughs> ruined those uh, potentially really successful young men. Um, by taking them down a path of uh, Gorilla Biscuits in seven seconds. Um, yeah, I mean, I get. I mean, I get his point though that as as a singer in a band, I will definitely try to steer covers towards things that don't require singing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that one. No, we're not. <laughs> like when Mike brought in a soul cover for "Fucked Up the Dunes," like we yeah. it took like four years before I agreed to do that. Thing. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, when I was younger, I might have been more, been like, oh yeah, go for it. But like now, I'm like, oh no, we're not doing anything that's like we can only do hardcore covers, no punk covers because I can't sing. Though the only time I think you and me have sung together on stage, Dave, was singing "Since You've Been Gone" by Kelly Clarkson when my band covered it oh, at the Total Fucking Destruction show uh, in the basement of that house. <laughs> Oh, all right. no, okay, no. I, I was thinking, I remember seeing you guys cover, actually, you know what? I'm getting uh, my weird covers. I remember Ian Dixon covering a a, a different what? stupid song. Did no, you but just right. confuse me for Ian Dixon? <laughs> no, I was getting weird covers. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. Ian's at, Ian's at both these stories. So it's okay. he's a, okay. a, I was thinking about a, a show where he sang uh, the, uh, what was that stupid movie with uh, Josie and the Pussycats where he sang that song at a show? Like, <laughs> But that was Down in Flames covering it, not fucked up Kelly Clarkson cover. 
<laughs> yeah, we covered uh, we covered um, that song at that P- Pittsburgh show in the basement of that house where like the Brain Handle people all lived in. But I think yeah, it was before I, Brain Handle was a band. I was just talking about that show this weekend because I hung out with Eric from Blood Pressure and Government Warning and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and yeah. just and just talking Pittsburgh. Yeah, that was a that was a fun fun time. But anyway. We digress, yeah. but yeah, like I, I agree. I would normally try and steer my band as far away from that as possible. Yeah, it's all like that. Um, I think it's awesome that Greg hates punk, even though I think it's kind of super lame. <laughs> I think it's kind of yeah. Awesome. I don't think it's I, lame at all. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really like Greg, so I'm not saying anything like like recording or no recording. Like I'm pro Greg. Me too. But, uh, yeah, likewise. Um. But the the hardcore kid that that hates punk was something that I like hated in like the nineties and during the <laughs> the youth crew revival scene of being like you know that being like the peer group was like so many of those like the the floor punch fan type you know like I mean I saw floor punch and mouth beats and stuff like that but ultimately like there's more to punk than just being like the exploited and sex pistols. And then, you know, like there's, there's plenty of stuff out there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but well, it was like, it, it, it's funny. Cause I remember the first time I was exposed to that attitude. It was like my first band had played like a show, like our first show opening for a band. We were opening for five knuckle chuckle. Oh. I went up to talk to the dude from five knuckle <laughs> chuckle. After. Everyone, everyone drink. And I'm like, and I'm trying to impress them, so I'm like, you go into those DOA shows because DOA is playing two shows in a row at the Rivoli. This is '94, by the way. Um, we're, we're <laughs> still, still um, my head shakes. And he, and he and he looks at me and he goes, "No, nah, I don't want to see DOA. That stuff's punk. I don't like punk. I just like hardcore, like the Gorilla Biscuits." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, wow. And it's like, and they were a skate punk band. Yeah, and, but they didn't like they didn't like punk. You are right. Had, that was a more pervasive attitude like a decade or a little more ago than it is now. I think now like the the prevailing hardcore punk acts, yeah. which is why I guess I'm saying them as hardcore punk, um, it's, it's a lot less – like the punk is back. Mm-hmm. People love wearing leather again yeah. and uh, oh. wearing earrings yeah. and things like that. But I wonder if if that's just the the the, the scene that we're aligned with. Like, if you go to no, like true. like your 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 current but not huge like hate breed worship type hardcore show, mm. I'm sure that like you know they're the punks are just dicks that belong on Mars type attitude carries over there. Yeah, yeah, but I think like right now, like you know, like obviously the scene that we're we're aligned with, you know, is it's it's it's. it's broader than it's ever been right like turnstile is playing with gloss yeah you know like that's like a you know in 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 would be playing with shit and would be playing with you know like you know uh you know whatever other band whatever marquee bands yeah like it just feels like it's like a, a different kind of scene as far as accepting punk in a way like you know like where all like people think like like lee from trash talk is like posting punk records on instagram you know, like that wouldn't necessarily have happened in the nineties. I remember. No, like- I mean, I remember there was a story to tell, to bring it to Boston. I want to say, so you can get corrections on this to someone else, but I want to say that Jeff for TDT, Jeff got his copy of pick your King from sweet Pete 
because he was going through his records and like was like, oh man, this record's great. He's like, you can have it. No one's ever complimented it, kind of thing. You know, like wow. And it was just like like because like people were just coming over and asking about like youth of today and rev stuff. Yeah. And someone who's just like, man, this seven inch is awesome. It's like you can have it because you truly like like it. There's like right. another story where he he gave Todd from Tragedy all his discharge records. Is that how Todd got into tra- uh, discharge? Yeah, that's the yeah. story. I think you'd like these guys. Check them out. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a no. That can't be true. He can't have. I'm sure he had was familiar with their music. I think he was familiar with their music, but I also don't think he had their records. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are keepers. He, he Sweet Pete might have fucked up on that one. Yeah, no. I think uh, probably giving away Pick Your King is also a pretty major <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if he wants to pull out Discogs right now and compare and contrast those two <laughs> gifts, it might be a. Although bad sell. these are these are pay, if these are pay it forward uh, karma moves, then he's got a lot of points in the bank. But yeah, yeah, like he seems like the type of person that's not really going through Discogs. No. <laughs> Like, <laughs> how much is this worth? Damn it, I gave that away in like 93. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there are people like that, though. Oh, they yeah. Just go like pine over the records that they gave away at different. Oh, and, and I have friends like who, me who will. Oh, we all do that. But I, I, one of my more, I've already called them on this, so it's not like I'm talking shit. But I remember one of my good friends would bring up like what we went to a store. It might've been like 93. It was like one of those, like my mom takes New York city type of trips. And they had like minor thread on the wall for like 35. Like, I don't remember what color cover it was, but it was the first seven inch, but he bought like, like a dead Kennedy seven inch for like 25 instead. (laughs) You know, it was like one of those, like, well, that, that was a bad purchase. But then forever, whenever someone would be like, oh, I bought a, I bought a, 90, a minor threat for like 75. It's like, geez, I remember when that was 35. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, so what? You know, like it, it was your, 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 your story is so old. Like your story is old enough to drink. It doesn't matter how long ago. Like this, someone else bought it for three. You know, like, <laughs> but like. Pay no more always, than. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always basing a value of a record, but what you saw one time ever at a store for. You know what? You know yeah. who looks really foolish right now these days? Speaking of record um, prices increasing, Charles Bronson for making fun of Felix on Havoc for paying six hundred bucks for an IQ thirty or for a sex drive. Yeah, but pretty- because you, now you'd pay that for like a, a not perfect, like a missing the sticker. Pick your king. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, what are you? Six hundred dollars? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a too drunk to fuck dead candies, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm sure you have records that you were ashamed that you paid so much for that now it's like totally fine. Oh, definitely. Like, I, I bought nervous breakdown for $79 and felt such shame that I'm like, I can't believe I just paid this much for, for this seven inch. Like it was like, it, it might've been the most it had ever gone for at that point. And I was like, ah, oh, such a poser, but like, I, I just need it. Yeah. And now I'm like pretty okay with it. I can't remember who it was, but I remember someone making fun of Mike and I, for how much we paid for the minor threat in the SOA seven inches, like the first presses, um, mm-hmm. in like at the uh, no warning April six show, and like what year was that? Two thousand and one, two thousand two, like way sure back when. About, but okay. At uh, big, the big one of the Transact Club. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like years ago. Yeah. And I, I think I paid like hundred fifty bucks for it. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, like wow, maybe I overpaid, and now it's like no, I'm all nope. right, I'm okay. 
Um, yeah. Like, like there's some records though that I have where I now look at, you know, like I just entering them on Discogs and I'm like, wow, I, I bought that for more than it's worth now. Like there's some <laughs> records that have been evened out. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. I've noticed that for a lot. Of- well, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I'd like to think it's not any of your, like your heavy hitter, like regular records. It's going to be your like mosh camps and your metal sleeve, Charles Bronson's and your, yeah, like, we're just, like stuff that appreciates that stuff's worth like so much now. No, but I know what Dave's getting at with that. I I feel I'm with you there. Maybe not that specific record, but I'm trying to think of. Uh, there were bubbles on some of those things. Yeah. Like, do you remember the all right shots fired and bringing it back to this episode? The R and R LP. Oh yeah, yeah. Big the time. tour press of that LP was going for like a hundred bucks when the tour was still active. Yeah, yeah. that was you the know, that was it, the first Boston Strangler vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Like that was and the then, first eBay kind of yeah, thing that I yeah. remember. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and that record that like honestly, that was the tour was still going. It was a hundred dollar record. And then like I don't I think they the the R and R window of popularity was over before they like got home. Yeah. <laughs> well no, because then what happened was the actual artwork came out for the album. <laughs> and we I guess like, there was a big big hold up at the old timey Photoshop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, honestly, that's like an album that was sunk. Like obviously the record is what it is, you know. Like I like that first seven, but, but first seven inch is awesome. But like as far as like uh, that was an album that was definitely sunk by the artwork. Um, yeah, and the the demo and the and the seven inch was the the demo was was way more raw than the seven inch. Like the seven inch seemed kind of weirdly rock, um, but compared to what the LP was, mm-hmm. there's a guy who also had no qualms about doing singy songs. Nope. While not being able to sing. No, but I believe he actually could sing. You can ask those others about. It's called like Plan B or something like that. It was yeah. like a band that, that he sang in that like was like really going for it, like pop music. Hmm. Um, we could do that. That's like a whole. Uh, what was what town were they from? What was that toy town? Uh, Taunton. To- yeah, that's a. We do a whole. <laughs> we played. We played this. Teradot played the Shumsky House as a three piece because one of our cars got lost. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a. It was like I don't remember the. I know it was maybe Drop Dead, but definitely Tear It Up in Voorhees. Wow. Um, oh. And yeah, we played as a three piece. Uh, maybe, yeah, good show. <laughs> you play an instrument? <laughs> no, I can't do anything. Uh, so what was it like? Guitar, drums, I, and it vocals. It, it, it honestly may have been drums. Actually, it, it was a three piece. Please tell it me it was been, bass, it, drums, vocals. I guess it would have been guitar, drums, and vocals, <laughs> no, yeah. or, or guitar, guitar, bass, vocals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, never mind. I, I'm not. I'm, we're so digressed. On, You're on digressed. Yeah. Let's get on track um, here. We got a half an hour to try and rail in the whole episode. All right. Do you want to talk about uh, Showcase Showdown, Pinkerton Thugs, or the Gonads? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Only both. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm three for three on seeing all those live um but i'm gonna toss a a josh Cantor one your way really quick okay unrelated sports sports content wise as a new jersey native Uh are you inherently indoctrinated into either the mets or the yankees and therefore are against the Sox as well or no um i know you probably don't care about sports i don't know i don't like when the someone can tell you when it was but the yankees red Sox world series like the first one where the because I think the Red Sox will have won multiple times since then, but the one that was in like the two thousands where the Red Sox won, yeah. I actually watched that like at the like I was at the gym 
So I had access to my own TV and I still watched it because I remember looking around the gym and being like, I'm the only person here not watching this. <laughs> like, I, I guess it's weird that I'm not like, it's like, <laughs> like the moon landings on fuck it. I'm watching this instead. Um, so I watched it, but, and I, I, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to have some hatred, but in reality, my sports hatred goes towards like, like I fault the the Red Sox and I fault uh, whatever the Phillies because I both Boston and Philadelphia to me are just like fuck you let's fight like punch a girl like spit in an old lady's face because they don't like the right team like hit a kid type of like type of like jock bullshit cities that. I dislike those qualms of, about, you know, those yeah. qualities of those cities. Um, I, that said, my dad is a Red Sox fan, just to oh. throw that out there. But so I also feel I was, my dad got into sports like when he was like 60, so, you know. <laughs> I was wondering, though, if like, like the Josh Cantor um, element of the interviews like rubbed like inherently the New York area, New Jersey area people the wrong way. Yeah, I'm sure Andy up would just call him a bum, you know. For Andy had up sent in an email, which we didn't get to this week, but it's relating to Scott Radinsky oh, and really? a connection mm-hmm. to um, Josh. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah, it's funny. The uh, I mean, I, I you know I I don't you know I don't care about sports. Like I I am like the the old lady in the sense of being like I like a game a good game, you know like. I'll watch an exciting, you know, like high scoring game or a a bunch of turnovers, but like, uh, oh yeah, they, it was nine innings. They didn't get a single hit. Like that sounds awful. It was more of an allegiance question rather than a sport particular one, I I guess. But Uh, I mean, I would, I would go if I'm going to, I've seen the Yankees play. I've never seen the Red Sox play. I've been, I've been to Yankees games or never actually, no, I've never been to a Mets game, just Yankees games. Wow. My kids have Boston sucks and Yankee sucks shirts, so <laughs> we know where Damien's lying. I'm uh, I myself though I'm unaffiliated. I've made I've made my share of Yankee suck shirts. Nice uh, to uh to say that I, I guess I contributed to that. I took part in creating the system, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um do uh, if we're gonna try to if we're gonna run out of time, I wanna throw out yeah. Waffle House jukebox. Nice. Yeah. Um so there is a Dead Nation song called Welcome to the Slaughterhouse, which did not come out until like way later, um, that we had alternate lyrics for Welcome to the Waffle House, that we had intentions <laughs> of recording to try to get into the Waffle House jukeboxes. Nice. But, uh, but uh, it never, you know, that we had, that was a, we had it all planned out. We just never went to record it. This isn't the first time Waffle House has come up on the show, too, because Anthony Bourdain brought it up as like one of his favorite restaurants to eat at. When he, when he was on the show. And I know from many a wrestler that that's where wrestlers like to eat on the road because you can eat clean I mean, there, they say. I, I don't know if that's – I wouldn't consider That's that where you only eat like a chicken breast and like vegetables <laughs> or something. Oh, I'm familiar with the term, but I, I, I think Waffle House and clean go to – don't uh, go, go to weather. Like that, we might as well – you know, it just doesn't seem like they go together. I, I dead, dead Nation – and tear it up. Ate definitely their share of Waffle House. I'm better than the Huddle House or whatever the other. There was a third one too. That was a a B team Waffle House, but hmm. yeah, Huddle House. A v, it was another like same shit. Like maybe you know, like a place you'd get hash browns and waffles and eggs, okay. or whatever. Like a road roadside 
greasy spoon. I like uh, my my favorite. My favorite is like Roscoe's chicken and waffles. That waffle there is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good. We, I mean, as a as a vegan now, I feel like my my waffle options are minimal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've, I've tried to not, as far as what I would, I wouldn't even say it's eating clean, but I try to, to really limit my potato meals. Like if, if, if I'm at a place and the only thing I can eat is fries, I'll try to just not eat that then. Cause it's, it's a real like vegan pitfall to just like be a French fry. Dude, I, I've, oh, yeah. I've been in Austin with you. I know how hard it is to eat with you. Oh, I mean, I'll, not I'll eat. Austin. No, he's no. got plenty of choice. There. Not late at night. Not near my hotel. Not 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 late at night. No. Well, Dave and I know of a twenty four seven cafe that I enjoy very much. That's always uh, open. That sponsor the show. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Best vegan pancakes ever, by the way, for anybody's listening. For real. Anyway. Yeah, big fan. I always get it every time I go. Two four seven. The vegan queso <laughs> is amazing too. Agreed. All right. Um, the queso queso is really good, though, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you guys have more? I mean, I make notes, but do you guys have more points you want to keep going with? Or I, there's like to tons to get you on, Greg, too. There's like tons to get you on every single person, but I'm worried we're going to run out of time. So let's fly into what we are definitely going to yeah, run out of time. Yeah, so 15 <laughs> minutes, basically. <laughs> so, to, uh, so, so we made a little bit on Greg. We, we've mentioned baseball talk, we mentioned Waffle House. Um, I'll, to, to, to mention, uh, the, the, the Cooch CC combination, uh, joke bullet point is Cooch the inferior Minicucci? Like is, is the older Cooch brother? Is he the cool one we should be talking to? Dude, Cooch is, uh, Cooch is like the ultimate character from a movie that hasn't come out yet. There's no way he is the, well, the, the fact that the brother had, I want to read those zines by the way. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I agree. That's I, I knew we had a metalhead brother because I remember some show where he was like a Hesher for Halloween and he had like a Van Halen like painter's cap. And it's like that's not the kind of thing that you like pull together for like a Halloween costume. Like someone owned that already and it was like, oh, yeah. And then I found out about his, his older brother. Dude, we were – we went to his house after the show to go buy records. Well, it wasn't even to buy records originally. It was because he was going to give Chris a copy of his fanzine. That the New York Hardcore little the tape one? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, which is the greatest fanzine ever done if anyone yeah. doesn't have it. What's it called? The Complete Guide to... Uh, unheard New York Hardcore. Like, Unheard or... I can't remember the title offhand, but yeah. It, it's in it's in my bedroom and Amy's definitely trying yeah. to sleep. <laughs> it's the best scene. It is the best. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so he told us to come over to his house uh, where, where his family was sleeping. At oh, yeah. a.m. And we, we went in there and bought records and hung out and looked at Cooch's stuff for, I don't know, two hours? I don't know about two, but definitely an hour. An hour sure. and a bit. Josh Cantor looked like he was going to fall asleep on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> he was putting us up after. Yeah, That's we why see, he was humoring them. Yeah. Josh and his wife are like the nicest people ever. ever. You, didn't want to sh- you couldn't say it's shame in a coochie? Well, I'm sure we could have. I'm sure, like, you know, we would have probably eventually just passed it on top of records if we kept going. <laughs> but, you know, kids had to go to school want- the next day. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cooch, Cooch and Cece are, like, my two of my favorite people to hang out with. Like, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of, yeah. of like, hardcore. <laughs> um, in a, on a, to, to reference two members of this uh, episode – 
I had in my notes on the Josh section um, strikeout the Chris Corey baseball theme band, but then they came up in on their own in the Chris Corey section. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I had that in my notes to bring up. It's a, in my in my note on my phone. It says, "Wasn't CC in a baseball straight edge band?" Question mark. <laughs> but that, and then it came up anyway. I'm like, there nice. Can we discuss the the obvious point, the biggest CC point, which is that Pearl Jam is overwhelmingly not better than Nirvana? Yeah, that's true. Like by a mile. No, I I literally never want to listen to Pearl Jam. Yeah, likewise. I like I I I like Pearl Jam too, but I like not more than Nirvana. No, it's like Clash versus the Sex Pistols on roids. <laughs> I love that he feels that way, but it's wow. That was a hot take, genuinely. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, I am someone who literally was at a Pearl Jam concert and left before Pearl Jam played like <laughs> a year ago, and and they were the next band. I was like, oh, well. what about what about the fact? And that, that said, I was at a Marilyn Manson Slayer show and I watched three Marilyn Manson songs. <laughs> so about, if you're going by my live resume, Marilyn Manson better than Pearl Jam. What about like like the fact that Sexvid would probably pick Red Hot Chili Peppers? Because that was like the air band that they all loved. Well, I mean, if if we're going by those three bands we just mentioned, who have I owned more material by? The answer oh, is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right, yeah, me too. Well, no, I probably were, own more, more Nirvana. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't own any. Well, sorry, Nirvana. Of course, I own. But between uh, Red Hot and Thing, I don't own anything. I own member offshoot bands of Red Hot. What like Fear? Well, no. Well, yes. Of course, <laughs> I'm talking with John Frusciante. I love, so I have his records, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as a band, I'm picking Red Hot over Pearl Jam all day. Oh, for sure. Uh, and both are terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I guess I probably would too. But no, I don't know. The Green River connection over the Fear connection. No oh, Fear. Also no. Yeah, Fear all the way. But but no, but like his connection to Fear is to like uh like uh, a less you know right. like he played on Living in the City. All right. So what are we gonna go with? Uh, but I'm sure he's played the song. Um, yeah, he's definitely you know, played it a couple what, times. Can we go for acting? Are you going to pick like singles over, you know, like, <laughs> sub- Suburbia or Point Break? Point or, Break, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, or the Big Lebowski. I think I, think I would Big pick Lebowski. singles over Suburbia. What did you say? I think I'd pick singles over Suburbia. False. False as Like well. as a movie? As like a movie? Like, like, you know, if it was just the music scenes edited together, I'd watch Suburbia. Which one do I own? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, and 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 Chris, hot take. Don't care about Big Lebowski. Oh, I I wasn't even like I I do. I'm offended by that. But aside from being offended by that in the moment, I just mean Flea's cameo in that movie is excellent. Wait, wait. Like, He's you one don't of the care about that movie at all. No, I don't think it's funny. Oh man, Holy. Dave. <laughs> Dave, that's like that's like a Pearl Jam Dave, Nirvana. Do you, do you like Family Guy? Sure. Oh wow. <laughs> like, I like do Family I, Guy to point. Why is the Family like, Guy too? Yeah. I'm all alone on this island, apparently. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Well, like, I mean, I've I, heard people say what Dave just said, but um, okay. What are you guys' takes on um, um, uh, <laughs> uh, Big Bang Theory? <laughs> no, uh, I've never seen it. Speed round, ten minutes. So, what do we got? What are your points? Speed, speed round, uh, Virginia Beach. Um, I've. I that what he moved out of Virginia Beach when in the early nineties. 
Yeah, that's what he says, right? Like, yeah, I, well, I, I, I didn't want to reference the Nate episode again to find the year out. No, he must have been. He must have been there till like the the mid '90s, at least late '90s, because Jesuit played like on the first Dillinger tour. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. That's way later. I, I my first uh, Virginia Beach show was the uh, Redemption '87. Ensign, it maybe I don't remember if in my eyes played it Uprise weekend that was uh in ninety seven maybe New Jersey Uprise escape. or Philadelphia Uprise <laughs> New, New Jersey <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's sadly a for the listeners out there <laughs> if, if if your best friend is in the New Jersey Uprise you're very familiar with that that comparison <laughs> yes, there's always like <laughs> One sketchy wingnut, like, you know, there was another band called Uprise. Like, yeah, we know, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's like in that that area, like, you didn't think they didn't think about changing the name before the seven inch came out. Like, yo, we got to change the name. Well, think about this, though. It was like 1995. Like, it was like the internet was not like a, you know, a thing. So you only had some like questionable politic 10 year older guy to be like, there was another band that, like, even at that point, I don't think we even knew they had a record out. Yeah. So it's like, oh, some other like potentially WP band from like nowhere put out a demo once. Like, who cares? Yeah. You no. know, like, yeah. <laughs> no warning ran afoul of two other no warnings. <laughs> I remember. And there was also, but then the, the the real no warning, the old hardcore no warning gave them the name. Hmm. I'm, I don't think I'm familiar with any other no warning. Yeah. There was like a mystic kind of era, not mystic, but more like crossover-y kind of mist like era, no warning band. Hmm. The funny one is always, there's an urban light one. Oh yeah. The urban light. Yeah. Freddie Alva posted it the other day on uh, Instagram. Yeah. So somehow (laughs) that, that never became an issue. No, no, the ska urban blight never interfered with the, uh, the more ska. Never had ska cover requests (laughs) shouted out either. No. Urban Blight's a good name, so I could see that being taken. You know, and that was that. like a decade or more, yeah. like such. And, and I think honestly, a bit of it was a Canadian past too. Mm-hmm. It was like Canadian American, so you can have two bands with the same name almost to like a lot of the world for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah wouldn't let that fly with Loud yeah. and Clear though. Remember, there was going to be Loud and Clear USA, but Loud and Clear in Europe didn't want Loud and Clear USA. Hmm. You can't just throw like some numbers at it and make it its own thing, or like no, you can't be could be loud and clear, just the N instead of N. Yeah, they would have probably been much, much more popular. <laughs> Whoever got the N would have really blown up. What was, what was the uh, well, we we had Bush X in Canada because Bush couldn't be called Bush in Canada because there was another Bush. He brought that up on the live show too, which is we, funny. Is there it on this one? It's well, it was on the Boston episode. You brought it up. Oh wow! Tear it up played with. A Kids Like Us that was not the Kids Like Us that was more popular, and we played with an Off With Their Heads that was definitely not the one that got popular. We played with uh, Mount Peace one time in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No age. Yeah. <laughs> but they've been around forever, like almost as long as Mount Peace. <laughs> that's, okay. that's super funny. <laughs> All right. What are points? We're, we're running down the Okay. Uh, I, I, we probably don't have time to go into Cheap Trick, but big fan, great band. Great band, um, great. Um, born in Hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to throw out there that my Born in Hell tape, there was something wrong with it, and it had no vocals. <laughs> oh, wow. Like the same way that my Chromillion Same demo is like the wrong speed, which is weird for a tape. Yes. My, my Born in Hell demo is like missing a channel. 
And I remember listening to it being like, all right, intro, Boston, sure. And then being like, intro again, intro again, (laughs) and being like, this tape's broken. And I've debatably never actually heard the the correct version. Because it's like one of those things that like... I don't think it's your stereo though a bit. I have a three-inch CD is my version of that demo. I've seen it like in MP3 format places and it's like, you know what? I've never really heard anyone be like, man, born in hell. <laughs> got it. You, you need to go back to this one. Like when I got the demo and it didn't work, it was just like, mm, okay. Okay. We gotta, it, you know. Now we got to look at the line of born in hell. Cause I remember it being like a visually incredible band on stage. Okay. One thing I want to bring up real quick, since we're discussing these two the, people, I still have the tape. If you're curious, <laughs> if you what is the, in, yeah. sorry, Dave, go on. I was going to say, I still have this tape if you need a, an instrumental, if you want a karaoke version of it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude the, the instrumentals for that tape, those are like some of the most sampled thing on the new Drake record. Yeah, they, they, could, they could blow up. Yeah. What, is, uh, what is the best Painkiller Records release collectively here? Oh, all right. That's, I, I'm not going to just do that from memory. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's pull, pull up the okay. resource. I feel like this needs to be. That's, right. a, good, that's a good one. Well, Born in Hell is 0.5, so they're right at the top. <laughs> I'm just trying to see which one would be mine as well. It's actually, there's a lot of good ones, so it's hard to... It, yeah. Hard it's to, a great label. It is like actually like a legitimately really great label. Hard to narrow down which... Man. He's uh, like, one thing, like, Scapegoat was... I mean, I, how how traveled were Scapegoat? But they were great. They were uh, great. I don't know if they're my favorite though. You feel like the same way that you like feel weird being like going through like Discord and be like, well, I, I still kind of have to say Minor Threat, don't I? Um, mind Eraser. It's hundred percent. I, I kind of have to say Mind Eraser. Yeah. I'll make I'll make it easier too. So it will eliminate a lot of the Clearo stuff. It can't it has to be on Painkiller. Yeah, it can't be a reissue. I was going to say and that. You can't no do like what. the breakdown demo or some no, cheating. No. no, it can't be. Yeah, no. It can't be the breakdown demo. It can't be like. Uh, Breakdown demo was Raheem anyway, not, not painkiller. No, but no, no, it's painkiller. It's painkiller in six of four. Oh, it is. Sorry, 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 sorry. You're right. Um, I, but Raheem did do a breakdown as well. Yeah, not that. Yeah. Iron Age. I think the Iron Age seven inches right up there. Ooh. That waste management. No, stuff. I was gonna say that waste management was good. Um, Great band. But, but mind eraser. It's it's it's, 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 pop, it's got to be mind eraser. And Soul yeah. Swallow, too. Soul Swallow, that first single especially is like... So I'm going to throw out a hot take one since you guys are, are going up the middle with it more. Uh-huh. Uh, wound up 7-inch. Uh, well, that's just like wrong. It's not yeah. wrong. It's a great 7-inch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love every member of that band. Like maybe that might be like one of those bands where I like, I think like, I look, I think about Donnie. I think about like Mark. I think about like people in that band that I like and love. Yeah, and stuff like that. But like that being said, like it's not better than Mind Eraser. No, but uh, I believe uh, wasn't a uh, a member of Wound Up at the the New York episode. Does that come up? Ooh, were they? Was the Mark wasn't Mark Hurst there? No, no, no. Where did Andy see Mark Hurst? Philly? Uh, no, he wasn't in Philly. Now that I saw Andy Capper. No, Andy Up. I mean, maybe it was the that was that it was at he, the uh, Andy came up out. And he came out and filled. Oh, it was in the Descendants. It was a Descendants. It was thing. a fuck up Descendants thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, fuck up yeah. Descendants. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hearst came out to that, yeah. that thing too. But uh, no, that was. Uh, I gotta go Mind Eraser. <laughs> no, no, it's Mind. Yeah, the more I think, like I mean, I'm just. I remember Nathan from Righteous Jams. <laughs> we're listening to Wound Up. He's like, "Turn it off." It sounds like Donnie's yelling at me. 
The uh, Walls was super cool. Yeah, Walls was fucking awesome. Great band. Glad I, I saw them when they played in Austin. So glad I got to see those dudes. They like they, and they like you know they keep putting out stuff too. That's really good. Nick Turner, Nick Turner would be a, would be a good uh, turn out a punk person. Oh, Nick would be sick. Yeah. Uh, there's like so many like. <laughs> it's funny. There, it's like when you go through this label, you're like, oh wow. There's like you know. Brandon would be amazing to have for Breathing Fire. Mm. Breathing Fire, the Breathing Fire tape is pretty sick. And also, we've we've glossed over the Stop and Think as well. But yeah, well, I mean, that was self released. No, that's uh, number the, one. The reissue or whatever is Stop. Yeah, but those were self released tapes. They were on Stand Hard, weren't they? Uh, you're right. They're on Stand Hard. My non up the middle picks are the A Team last seven inch. Yeah. Wound up and the one I just mentioned previously. Oh, I shot right past the A team. Yeah, that that record's great. It is. A team were, were real good. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm still saying Mind Eraser 100. percent It is. Yeah, it's definitely Mind Eraser on yeah. Sonic Impact. It's Mind Eraser. Yeah, but there's some really great ones. And too. I think that first Mind Eraser record is like they they hate it, but I love that first one. I feel like that step forward. I haven't revisited it in a while, but the step forward to go back to loud and clear. I remember that being yeah, sick. great as well. Yeah. Um, they that, were the best band. mind eraser. The one is, is the one with like the two songs on it though. Oh yeah. That, that thing's incredible. The one that that's yeah. Who put that out again? Was it like clean plate or is that on? I thought they did, but I guess not. No, I think that I like it. I'm trying to think what my favorite mind eraser. Was, that's on clean plate. Conscious unconscious is on clean plate. Oh, okay. Um, I think I think my favorite thing by them is uh, is like Cave. Rain? No Cave, I think, because it's like, to me Cave sounds like it almost sounds like No Warning. If No Warning was a power bonds band, <laughs> great band. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw them a lot. Like that, like that. I think Minor Racer basically is like the template for modern power violence. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know that that record is a split label? Yeah, I know, with Bob Shedd. Do you know who else, who's the other half of Collapse Records? I don't know who the other half was. was Dave it, Ackerman. Who was it? Was it you? Who was it you? <laughs> yeah. I never knew that, dude. Tar no. Pit 7-inch is great. I, I was up uh, the, the first couple releases, and then Bob really took it over. Which but, Wow, you didn't even, you didn't, yeah, you didn't even like jump in there when we were talking about R&R. Yeah, I, I, I was letting it go. You know, I, I, I had My con- contribution to R&R was, that I essentially just bought a whole bunch of copies at three dollar wholesale. Yo, but, little uh, rascals. Yeah, we got an aces. Have all those records. Ah, uh, yeah, like by I, have like, I didn't the first I, four I, collapse. I think. Yeah. And then Bob continued to just kind of give me stuff as they came out. But I, I, I was a, a helper on the first couple, and then if you, I want to say that I've. Uh, I need to look at it, but I want to say he even might have used a Collapse Records logo that I drew because my drawing is terrible. There's one. So, on the, the resource is one on. Uh, there's a drawing, the, I think. The the I'm trying to. Think, I thought it was on the back of at least one of those records. Definitely, it's on the back of the Splitting Edge record. Um, that uh, but the the one that that one's like a more legitimate one. The the one that's on the resource. Wow. But there's you a real goofball one. Yeah. One of the, one of one of my partial labels that I worked on that in Slaughterhouse. 
Well, we, we pipe in with like label memories from that release. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight though. What time's up? Yeah, our time's up. Yeah, if you look at the back of the uh, the, the the splitting head exhibit, you can really see my artwork in that collapsed logo. Well, there you so, go. So that yeah. is that is Dave dropping some uh, <laughs> some knowledge on us tonight. We had um, the, the only. I mean, are those dudes going to just sit there and like give you the bums rush, or what's going to happen at midnight? I don't know, waiting for them to knock and we throw us out. If you, the other thing that I wrote down, I mean, I wrote down a bunch of stuff, but college hosted shows. Yeah. Uh, which those were, because in New Jersey, we had all those Middlesex shows that were huge. Dude, and, I played, I've gotten to play a couple of those things. They're always kind of weird. They, I've never, I don't think I've ever played one. But I've definitely attended as a as like whether it be just a patron or like with a band, and they can be very weird. We played one um, at this like college, and I can't remember the college. It was like some liberal arts school, and we get there and we're like we're playing on the floor. It's no big issue, right? Obviously, sure. Uh, and all these kids like came like these like first year students were wasted, and they were taking their shirts off and running and rolling in the snow, and then like coming and moshing. Um, and we're just like, wow, this is like a, a show, a free show. And then they're, they're telling us the, the week before they had the Jizza come and play it. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> I'm just like, yeah. what was it like for him? <laughs> yeah, I assume it was very similar. Like, <laughs> I assume we, it was very similar, but I assume his attitude, having played some shows with Jizza over the years, was not. <laughs> do you think? Do you think he played on the floor? I think he had to. There was like that's. I'm like, did, I'm like, did, did he play on the floor? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh my god. I remember uh, there was a show that was like a new enemy, which or to each his own, whatever. Like one of the Andy's other bands, and then American Nightmare. I want to say played it, and a, a a dude got his collarbone broken, like just like really recklessly stage diving. And there was that that there was a lot of pizza. I feel like the, the college provided like a. I think I might have been. I don't remember if I was vegan at that point, but I really. I the only reason I think I was is that I don't remember eating a ton of pizza. And if there was free pizza, I definitely would have eaten a lot of pizza. So that's, that's, like someone, you know, like the, someone getting taken out by like a, on a stretcher kind of show was, was that American Nightmare show. And we all, uh, we all know those are like the worst, <laughs> it's like the worst thing to happen when you're playing a show, obviously, is someone getting injured. But that moment was someone's taken out on a stretcher and then they're like, okay, get up there and finish the set. Like, what? We have to get up there and play more. <laughs> like, so we just got pulled out of here on a stretcher, and they're like, "Yeah, we got to finish the set." Um, yeah, I feel like you would probably. Depend, I mean, I guess you'd have to if it was like, dude, not, Mark, if, yeah, marked men, and that year that Mark uh, Pesci did the stage dive and hit his head. They had to finish the set afterwards. That's so awkward. We had to finish our set of emails one time when this kid did a running stage dive into one of the pillars. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it was it was it was it just early in your set? It was like first song. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to do that then. Don't when you? people get most amped up is early on. It's probably when the injuries. It definitely most. killed the vibe. No one was stage diving after that. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a person that we just had that. This is Austin, not that great fest here. And I we, we watched. I'm trying to remember who I was standing with, but uh, we watched someone just do like a very loud, like over the music thud, like. Just shoulders right onto the ground, like didn't just went straight through the people into into the ground, like under the concrete floor. And it was a 
Like, oh, we like carried him and made him sit down. Like, hey, just sit here. I don't, I don't care if you want to run around. Just sit down. <laughs> well, Dave, we should probably let you go. Um, I'm just noticing here that there's a Ripley's Believe It or Not book in this hotel room. And the cover graphic is completely ripped off of the movie Basket Case. <laughs> I, I, I hope Frank Hedelotter got his, his cut on it. I tell you. Well, Dave, I, I, thank you so much, buddy. Oh, of course. Anytime. Chris, how do they get in touch with us if they want to send us an email? First, uh, before you do that, if you don't mind, yes. I'd like Dave to shout out his band and his band stuff real quick. Yes, please. Um, band is called Obedience. We have a 7-inch coming out on Fair Warning. We just, uh, after much deliberation, came up with artwork. And the, the record's already been sent off, so the vinyl, the long thing, the thing that takes a long time is already in the works. But uh, we're going to we're playing a show in Mexico in February. We would have loved to have it by then. We'll see if that that's in the cards. Cool. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, Chris, how do they do that? Turned out a punk footnotes at gmail dot com, and we will get to those emails. Yeah, mailbag will be back next week, and so will uh, hopefully you, Dave. Will you be back next week? Sure, I'm around. And uh, and uh, Dave Martin will be back, hopefully. Yeah. Because next week, it's Washington, D.C., Turned Out of Punk Alive, featuring Dante from Iron Cross and Ignition, featuring Alec Mackay from uh, uh, Faith and Ignition and The Warmers, featuring uh, Jason Hamacher from Frodis and The Regents, and he's one of the funniest people ever, <laughs> yeah. and John from Give, and it's it's a it's a really good one. Yeah. Um, so that's next week on the show. Cool. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank uh, you very much. Chris, thank you very much. And Jordan, thank you and Great Wolf Lodge for putting us up here. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you next week.